Well, 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 well. Look at who's back in action, baby. The Juice Man. Finally here. Finally back on the podcast. It's feeling good. I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling righteous. And uh, I know this is the uh, this is the content that everybody's been waiting for. So, you know, I'm excited to give it to you. I'm excited to give it to the people who've been asking for it, the people who need it, especially in times like like these that we're going through right now. You know, I think we're all in uh, a little bit of need of some good content here and there, especially during the week. So I apologize for giving it to you at the week's end on a Friday. I have actually been pretty busy, so things have been, you know, uh, moving along for me. So, you know, I haven't quite had the time to, you know, actually sit down and put put together some good material and get this done for you guys. So, you know, I finally was able to do it this week. Just got past the midterm on Wednesday. Did all right. B minus. Not terrible. Not great, but it'll do. So, um, you know, once once I got through with that. I've had the uh, last couple of days to just kind of get some uh, ducks lined up in order and um, sort some other things out. So, you know, now I, now I finally have some free time so I can get this done. And, um, you know, a lot of, lot, of, uh, lot of changes going on over here, too, which definitely doesn't help. I've, you know, as some people know, I've been down in the basement with my father in about a 20 by 20 space. I'm sleeping at what you used to be um, the old, uh, you know, the old family band room. I got um, a nice, nice big air mattress set up in there on the floor with my TV hanging up on a on a guitar amp. Um, the Wi-Fi absolutely fucking sucks. So it took me. I finally got around to watching the uh, Jordan documentary, which is something I, I'll probably talk about in a little bit. But it took me, I mean, maybe 10 days just to get through it, just because every episode would buffer about four or five times, and I'd want to fucking throw my TV remote through the goddamn TV, because we all know how frustrating that is. So it's been uh, it's been kind of a wild ride, especially because, um, you know, my dad is... Uh, is a, uh, you know, he's an older gentleman, so he likes to go to bed around uh, 6.30, 7 o'clock these days and doesn't have much to do because, you know, he recently came back from Florida and you have to quarantine for an X amount of days or else you get in trouble and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, we're also in East Hampton, so there's nothing to fucking do, period. So it's definitely been, a, you know, an interesting ride you know, because with the with the renters and everything, we can't even go in the backyard, even when the days or nights out. It's been raining a lot lately too, which makes it even worse. So we've been kind of trapped down here, and um, you know, it is what it is. And uh, you know, we're trying to make the best of it. I'm hoping to get out of here before the end of the year and and find an apartment because my parents are now selling the house. So you know, the renter is going to be here uh, probably up through December. So you know, I don't know how much longer I can take it, so I'm trying to get out sooner rather than later. Um, and that's yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I know, I know. Um, one of you reached out to me asking about you know a more elaboration on on kind of what happened with the with the lady that lives upstairs when she started complaining about some of the things that I had done. So basically, um. In between, like, Labor Day and 
maybe like the third to last week of September. Um, you know, there was no Airbnb pe- people upstairs. So, you know, I could go from, you know, living in the basement to, you know, kind of going back to my normal life upstairs in the regular house and stuff. So, you know, I was doing most of my studying and, and, and hanging out up there during the day and stuff like that. And I knew this lady was coming. She's, um, a teacher at one of the, uh, one of the pop-up schools here. Cause a lot of the, uh, a lot of people from, um, from the city or obviously came out here and started doing their quarantine out here because the city's a disaster right now. So, you know, with bringing their kids along with them, um, you know, they needed to find some extra school space and stuff like that, you know, um, and kind of as like satellite schools to some of the private ones in the city. So, you know, they need teach. If you have more schools, you need more teachers. So she's actually a teacher at one of those pop-up schools. So, you know, I had known for a while that she was coming anyway. So, you know, I was just up there doing my thing and being the fucking moron that I am, I had, you know, I, I had been spending when I was living down here by myself, I was spending a lot of money on food just because I have no kitchen or anything. So I have to go out, you know, go to these delis and stuff. And, you know, in East Hampton, it's, it's much like, you know, it's, it's probably, you know, whatever you would buy in Manhattan is probably at least two to five more dollars than it is in Manhattan out here. So you're looking at 15, $20 a meal. So I was spending money that I don't have because I don't have a job. You know, I don't have a consistent job because I'm in grad school. So, um, one day I decided to make just like a shit ton of pasta. I was like, all right, I'm just going to fucking make all of this. And this is what I'm going to live on for like the next couple of days, whatever. <laughs> sure enough, you know, it goes by, but like I made like three boxes of pasta. Like you could only eat pasta so many meals in a row where it starts to be like disgusting. Or it's just like, I can't eat this shit anymore. So I got to that point. I was like, all right, fuck it. And my dishwasher upstairs is like a monster. So, you know, you don't like, obviously I like ran it through the sink a couple of times to like try and clear it out a little bit. But it doesn't have to be perfect because it's a good dishwasher. So I dump it in there, whatever. Next like day or two, I got like pizza, whatever, throw it in the garbage. And then the like this was because my parents like just sold the house. So this was before they got their first offer. It was the first open house. So the fucking realtors come in and <laughs> I'm like trying to get the house ready for this guy to have all of his brokers come or whatever. So they come, they do the thing, they go. And like, I don't really go upstairs like the next day just because, um, it, it was like a, the, the, I think the open house was on a Friday and I was doing something that Saturday. And then the lady's supposed to come on Monday. So Saturday goes by Sunday. I'm watching football. So that's another day that goes by where I'm not upstairs. And I just completely forget about the fucking huge pot with with spaghetti in it that I put in the dishwasher and the trash that I left in uh, just in the trash bin in the pantry. And like, like, that's two things, right? Like, I understand that, like, when you show up to an Airbnb, like, there shouldn't be anything that you have to clean up. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm the culprit here. I really don't think that it was that big of a deal because like I said, 
It's not like I just dumped a fucking pot of full of spaghetti into the dishwasher and just left it there. It was like maybe a couple strands here and there that got cut loose and was just hanging on like the side of the dishwasher, right? All you had to do was just fucking turn the goddamn thing on and everything would go away. And there was one pizza box in the trash. Like, it's really not the end of the world. And this woman, of course, sends my mom this crazy message. Like, you know, the house is filthy. There's crumbs everywhere. I mean, like, it was just, like, totally blown out of proportion. And it, we've come to realize that, like, this woman is, like, like not is it, she's not high maintenance, but she's, like, very sloppy. Like, she's, like, this big, like, heavy set woman. And, like, you know, her, her dog, like, my mom's had to talk to her several times because her dog's been, like, ripping up the floors upstairs when she leaves the house and stuff. She, you know, she's, like, throwing parties at the house and shit, like, on Friday nights. Like, she invites her friends over to, like, one thirty, two in the morning. And this was all before my dad got back, which was last week. So, like, you know, I told my mom, because I was just like, look, see, like, it's not fucking me. Like, yeah, I fucked up a little bit, but, like, this woman's a kind of a bitch. So, you know, that kind of took the dial off my parents on my ass a little bit, which is the only thing I really cared about. I don't give a fucking rat's ass if this woman has to clean, a, clean she cleaned up, like, a one one pot and took out the trash. Like, big fucking deal. Like, you're living in my goddamn house, and I'm the one when my parents are selling the house that I grew up in, I have to sleep in the fucking, in a basically a closet on an air mattress. And you're bitching about fucking taking out one, one bag of trash. I, it was just, it was a nightmare. And, and, um, you know, thank God that as time went on, my parents kind of got the picture that I'm not a total fuck up and didn't like wreck the house before this lady came. So, you know, at least, at least we got that. I mean, again, this is my perspective. So, you know, take that as you may. I'm giving what I believe is the truth anyway, but yeah, that's kind of what happened. So, um, I'm glad that we're past that at least. And now my mom comes home today. So that should make things even more fun here at the house with both my dad and my mom and my 15 year old dog down here sharing a 20 by 20 living space with no kitchen and half a bathroom. So yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's the reality of, uh, of my personal situation. So I know a lot of you enjoy that. Um, but a lot of the stuff that I put together for today and a lot of, um, you know, what I've done in the past is, you know, I want to, you know, give some takes on some sports, maybe tell you guys, you know, where, what I think about some of the NFL game lines, some betting lines, um, stuff like that, touch on football a little bit. Um, I'm not going to talk even remotely about baseball because who cares? I mean, we're going to see a Braves raise World Series probably or Astros, even worse. So I'm not, I I don't even want to spend another second talking about that. And then, um, you know, I have some, you know, maybe some movie suggestions, um, definitely some, um, some show suggestions, maybe touch a little bit about the, uh, the LeBron 
Jordan debate a little bit, um, just because that's obviously been kind of a, another resurfaced uh, hot topic just because of, you know, LeBron winning his fourth championship. And then um, I definitely want to talk a little bit about, I saw the social dilemma last night and, and that's probably my main focus of something that's like completely, completely changed my life. Um, you know, less than 12 hours removed from the, from me watching it. And, um, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll kind of start off with that just because it's, it really kind of shook me like totally shook me off balance because, you know, I, I like everybody else, you know, enjoy my Instagram, Twitter, whatever. And like, you know, I, I've been outspoken, not, not on the platforms themselves, but kind of, um, you know, individually with, with family and friends about, you know, kind of what I, what I think about, you know, how social media can be very negative. And, and certainly there, there are some positives to it, but, you know, my biggest thing was, has always been, you know, um, people think that they're really, you know, helping these causes and not really doing anything and, and, you know, it, things like that, you know, being more outspoken on social media, I have always believed has been something that's been, that just exponentially increases the divide between, you know, what seemed to be the, the partisan lines in our country and, you know, things like that, you know, when things are expressed more often and everybody's given a voice, it just creates a larger and larger divide and creates more anger. That's something that I've always believed in. And on top of that, you know, I always knew that, you know, things like data mining were a problem. You know, I was actually talking with my dad the other day because, um, you know, I, we were just sitting here watching TV or whatever. And, you know, he watches his freaking CNBC for fucking all day, all day. And, you know, they were talking about on the TV, you know, they were like, there's some shit happened where uh, one of the tech companies was getting investigated about shit like this. And, um, and he was just like, yeah, you know, some of them are in hot water, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, yeah, it, you know, you don't know about like, uh, you know, the fact that they can read your messages or hear your voice and, and give you ads based on what you say or do, blah, 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 blah. And he had no idea. I mean, like I said, he's an older guy, he's 68. He's not, you know, he's not checking his Instagram feed and noticing things like that. And coincidentally, that same day, you know, my dad was, you know, I was just helping him out with uh, organizing some of his uh, Excel folders for the accounting for the pet shop and stuff. And, uh, you know, he was saying QuickBooks this, QuickBooks that, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And sure enough, I go on Instagram later in my day and I got ads left and right for QuickBooks. And QuickBooks has never been something that's come out of my mouth or has been typed in my phone. So it's just like it's I don't know how more clear it could be that fucking someone hearing my dad talk through my phone and now they're giving me ads on QuickBooks. That's crazy. So this is something that's always been on my mind just because I pay attention to shit like this. I don't, you know, I've always tried to steer away from like the regular 
you know, political, social narrative, because, you know, for better or for worse, you know, call me a conspiracy theorist or this or that. Like, I, I think that a lot of a lot of it is is kind of uh, control. I always thought that it was a lot of it was kind of controlled or 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 kind of pressed upon us to talk about to not think about certain things like this so you know this this documentary was something that stuck out to me as you know being something of my interest where i was like holy shit i need to see this because these are the things that i'm interested about so of course you know i watched it and even for someone like me who is interested and um you know has been outspoken uh, about Instagram, again, not on the platform itself, not in public situations, but individually. Um, you know, I I had no idea how bad it actually is. And, you know, one thing is noticing that, like, you know, they could prompt you to see certain, you know, advertisements and see certain things that may garner your interest, you know, one, one thing is, is, you know, monitoring you and the, another, a totally separate thing is kind of like controlling you. And that's more or less what the movie is about. It's, it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, and I don't want to ruin it, so I'm not going to go into too much detail, but <clears throat> there seems to be a, and clearly, you know, and this is nothing new either, especially with the news networks, you know, the news networks, you kind of flip on whatever channel you want to hear, you know, confirm your bias, right? So like if I'm, if I identify as a liberal person, I'm going to put on MSNBC. If I identify as a conservative person I'm going to put on Fox, right? You have that kind of like autonomy to choose which bullshit you want to hear kind of in a way. It turns out that like a lot of these apps like no longer kind of give you the choice of what you look at. They purposely, purposely, and there's no there's no particular they, like there's no one, it's not like Mark Zuckerberg is sitting at his desk being like, yeah, you're going to look at this shit today. And you're going to look at this shit today. That, that That's not happening. They've created basically artificial intelligence. Um, these super cute computers that are housed in their, you know, in their respective headquarters that run algorithms on you based on the data that, that they collect. So, whether it's the shit that they hear you say through your device, the shit that they see you type, the shit that you look up on Instagram, the shit that you look up on Google, anything you may look up on an email, anything that you subscribe to, this, that, everything, everything that you do. And we all do our things through our phone, even where you're going, where you are right now and where you're going. They can, they have algorithms to predict what you may want and what you're going to do. So like if I'm on the highway, that's when you see things like, you know, if you close your phone and you're not using the GPS, like you may get, if you have notifications on by Waze, Waze will be like, hey, 
there's a Dunkin' Donuts nearby because it's early in the morning and I'm on the highway and I might need a cup of coffee. It's shit like that. And people who are totally oblivious to this phenomenon just be like, oh yeah, Dunkin' Donuts right up the highway. Fuck it. Let me go. Let me get a cup of coffee. And they're, and like when you think about it, they're in a way controlling your behavior. The same thing with Twitter. Like the shit that I see as trending, you know, I think everybody sees the same, you know, one, two, three items. It's either Trump or Biden or, you know, the same things are pretty, you know, the same top, top things are pretty much globalized. But everything underneath that, you know, trending items number four through 10 are dependent on what you watch on YouTube, what you look up, what you read, what you listen to. And all of this stuff gets generated and pushed into an algorithm to spit out things that are specific to you. And this is just completely, completely unregulated. You know, people, Google, for example, if I type in certain things in Texas versus New York, I'm going to get completely different results. And in turn, you know, there is... There is no way of determining what is actually true and what is false because people are experiencing two different, completely different, wildly different truths. Think about that. People are experiencing different truths about reality because of Instagram and Twitter. My truth about reality is also warped. I consider myself somebody who's skeptical of this shit, but on top of that, I am being fed content to promote the fact that I should be skeptical about that shit, which kind of fucks your mind up if you think about it, because if I'm supposed to be weary of this shit while also being fed stuff that makes me weary of this stuff, I'm, I'm just as much of a guinea pig. So... It's really, really, really terrifying, really scary stuff. And I encourage everybody, everybody who hears me to to watch this because I don't care how scary it is or how much you may not want to hear it or whether it has effects on your life one way or another. Like, this is the exact reason why I want to become an educator is because like this shit needs to be known. Like it just, it like stuff like this really needs to be known. And the fact that we are so caught up in which one of these two old men is going to turn shit around when in reality, neither of them is going to do a fucking thing. Nobody's talking about this shit. All we care about is Joe Biden sides with a bunch of fucking social socialist terrorists and they're going to ruin America. And then everybody else is saying that Trump is a fucking Nazi and all of his supporters are Nazis and they all they want to do is kill black people. I mean, it's it's that's the shit exactly that I'm talking about and that this 
documentary talks about is nobody by and large, you know, I should, shouldn't say, you shouldn't use absolute, absolute, um, words like nobody. Large amounts of people are just getting lumped into these buckets where it's either you think this or you think that. And then if you think this, then everybody who thinks that is wrong, dead wrong and the, and vice versa. And that, that in and of itself is just, I mean, it, 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 it's, 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 it's so, it's just terrifying and it's a, it's a distraction because, you know, they don't, nobody wants you to, to think about, you know, the, the negatives of, of, you know, such a divide like this and social media, it's been shown as you know, the, the, uh, one of the biggest contributors of the increase of the divide between our, our society. And it's not just our country either. It's the whole world. And, you know, that again is, is everybody is, is so focused on, on party lines and, and, you know, this, this topic and this documentary, I think, you know, especially, like I said, for me as an educator, these are the things that we need to be talking about because this is where we can actually make a difference in terms of regulation. Because the only people who are regulating these tech companies are themselves. Because, you know, when Zuckerberg got interviewed in the courts and all that shit, there's no actual, you know, governing law that says you can't collect our data sell it and advertise us based off of it, you know, without, without a price, without a tax, this or that, the other thing he just, you know, basically what he says is, okay, well, we'll, we'll alter our, our algorithms a little bit and, and, and not do this so much is basically what he said. Right. There's no, like, there's always, there, I mean, the, the, the country was, was built on checks and balances, right. And, you know, we have that for, you know, some corporations, even though, you know, the government chooses to, to, you know, anytime that the corporations suffer, they give them the money instead of, you know, people who don't have a pot to piss in and probably need it more. But, you know, there's certain things that, you know, banks can't do stuff. They're regulated by the SEC. There's always somebody that says, you know, like with Stratton Oakmont, you know, the FBI, there's always somebody looking into your shit where it's just like, okay, is it legal? Is it not legal? The IRS, blah, 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 blah. These tech companies have nothing, absolutely nothing. And, you know, my job as an educator and hopefully as a content creator is to, you know, I want to tell people, you know, not in some, not in some bullshit bullshit way because no nobody like i'm not like looking for for you know for likes and and all of that shit because i lot i believe that a lot of you know social justice bullshit comes from that on instagram where it's just like you want people to believe in the right thing like i know that only a handful of people are going to listen to this and you know i'm only going to be able to affect a handful of people as an educator but you know my I 
the only thing I seek out in life, my life's purpose is to bring attention to things like this, where, you know, we, we can, you know, if you make enough noise, like what everybody's trying to do today, the hope is that something will happen, right? But the truth is, things don't just happen. It takes time. And you can't change something overnight. But something, you know, like like police brutality and stuff like that, that's been in the limelight. And people are, are doing things that they think will try and change it. Even though some of it is ridiculous and, and wrong. At least it's a it's an it's a um, it's a problem that's been at least brought up, right? This shit has been going on for years, years, years. Same with police brutality. That shit's been going on fucking ever, and now people are starting to do shit about it. Like now, like now, like white girls care about it. Like now, after fucking hundreds of years. Now they care about it. It's the same thing with data mining. It's been going on right in front of our eyes for years. And nobody does anything about it. Nobody. And there needs to be a populist movement. There needs to be there there needs to be some accountability from you know people that are making and fistfuls of money at our expense. There needs to be. And everybody who, you know, uh, America, pro-capitalism, how, you know, how is Facebook supposed to monetize if they don't, you know, use our data? Like, how could you defend that? You can't. You simply cannot. Just like you, you simply cannot defend, you know, the fact that there are bad cops, just like you simply cannot defend the fact that there are good cops. You can't defend defunding the police. You also can't defend police killing people for no reason. But yet, that's a divided, that's a divided subject. This shouldn't, shouldn't be, you know, for whatever reason, things can be divisive, even though if anybody thinking logically can say that like they shouldn't be, but they can be. And the reason why they can be is because of this very problem that I'm talking about right now is that people are, are led to believe two different truths from a very, very horrible and evil source of social media. And, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but I feel an obligation as somebody with a special interest to stuff like this and a special interest to encouraging people to do the right thing and encouraging people to, you know, kind of take a stance on, on, on something like this. It's my job to kind of bring it to light and and let people know, you know, kind of what I'm experiencing and something we can all do that could be a uniting, unifying effort to get rid of some of the horribleness 
in this world and not just the country. Everybody, you know, people are quick to point the fingers at the United States, but like, look, you're, you're born, you're born here. You live here. Like you, like, what are you going to do? You're not going to move. Anybody who says that they're going to move out of the country is an asshole. Like you're not going to abandon your family. You're going to go live somewhere else. It's just not going to happen. So, you know, I think it's now more than ever is, um, an important time to find something that we can all agree on. So I just wanted to, you know, kind of, kind of touch on that. And, and I know that nobody's really leaving home and, you know, every, everybody's busy doing something, but you, you just have to, um, take the hour and a half to, to, to watch that and, you know, assess kind of how, how you feel about it. And, and don't be, you know, don't, don't be neglectful just because you're scared because you don't want to give up your Instagram. I mean, the first thing I did was delete my Twitter and, and Instagram. And I'm sure in a couple of weeks, I will feel very happy about that. I already miss my memes and, um, you know, some of the funny, other funny shit that you can do with that stuff. But I mean, it is really, really eye-opening stuff and, and very and probably the most important thing that I could think of, honestly, that people should be paying attention to. So I definitely wanted to to get the, the that across the airwaves just because um, you know, I I don't think anything anything's more important in, in our world right now. And if we can do something, I mean you know we're, we're only human. And, you know, at this point, corporations are basically AI in and of themselves because they're no longer run by humans. And they have these huge, like unbelievably powerful computers that are doing these things. You know, if we can just do something and bring that to the forefront instead of this toxic divisive shit, I think we might actually get somewhere. But, I mean, ultimately, who cares what I think? I just want you to go out and see this fucking thing. I want you to see that. I want you to see, if you haven't seen the Jordan doc, definitely watch that. Um, I know most of you, look at that beautiful, seamless transition. I know that most of you have probably already seen it um but if you haven't it's a must watch because again it's something that i i mean look if you're my age if you're 26 and you were born in 1994 or thereafter you have no idea what it was like to live through the jordan era you just don't You don't. And as much as you can say, anybody who says that they've gone back and watched full Jordan game after full Jordan game after full Jordan game, like, you're full of shit if you think that you actually know what it was like to experience Michael Jordan. You have no idea because you were not alive. You were not alive for the media craze. You were not. There is so much more. And, like, tying it back into social media, there is so much more to celebrity and to the power of a, you know, of a superior athlete or a superior celebrity than 
a couple games here and there or, you know, a couple movies or shows here and there. Like, you have to live through the aura to actually know what it's like, you know? Like, we know what Tom Brady is like, right? Like, we're living through this, this like, unprecedented greatness. We didn't live through Jordan, so we don't know what his greatness was like. We're living through LeBron. We know what LeBron's greatness is like. We don't know what Joe Montana's greatness was like. We don't know what Bill Russell. Nobody talks about Bill Russell, right? The guy won 11, uh, uh, 11 out of 30. He won 11 championships in 13 years. Nobody talks about that unless you live through it. You hear old timers talk about that. And that's just the way it is. Everybody talks nostalgically about the era that they've lived through. And I think that, you know, for us, it seems to be that everybody our age says, ah, LeBron's the GOAT, LeBron's the GOAT, LeBron's the GOAT, LeBron's the GOAT. And then you have other people who say, nah, MJ's the GOAT, MJ's the GOAT, MJ's the GOAT, whatever. And like, I think that, you know, and I don't want to be fucking, you know, uh, Mr. Know-it-all or um, Mr. Right. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to sound like that. I just want to give you my perspective on these things. And I think that, you know, if to me, my, my interpretation would be the correct view is that there should, there should be no, no, um, you know, in, in basketball, I think in the NFL, Tom Brady's unparalleled success that has never been achieved and will never be achieved. In basketball, there seems to be a few guys that are kind of in the same ballpark, right? You got Kobe, you got LeBron, nobody really talks about Kareem, but you got Kareem, you got MJ, right? Like Tom Brady is at a level that nobody's been at and probably will ever be at. We'll see with Mahomes, he could maybe get there, but I mean, in terms of the history of the Super Bowl era, there is nobody that's relatively close to Tom Brady, right? In basketball, you seem to have these guys that are pretty close, right? And I think, you know, depending on who you ask, like I said, you ask our generation, that's LeBron. You ask uh, the generation before us, it's MJ, right? And I think the, you know, what people should start to accept is like, they're just different. They're different levels of success. LeBron, by... I don't know, physical standards being gifted all around, you know, basketball IQ and prowess and ability is probably the greatest basketball player that's ever ever lived, right? And I don't think that's, I don't know how you could really argue that because he's just built differently. He's built like the greatest athlete of all time. Like he's six foot nine, 250 pounds, pure muscle, can jump out of the gym make every shot. He can just do everything. Best court vision. I mean, he's got every ability, every intangible. He's a nice guy. He's got his life straightened out. Like, you never heard a goddamn bad word about him. Like, that's who LeBron is. And he's probably, like I said, the greatest, most talented basketball player to ever live. MJ is different. You know, MJ was 6'6". You know, he was the greatest, you know, defensive player of his era. He won, I don't know how many scoring titles, like six scoring titles. 
And he was just that fierce, fierce, fierce competitor where he would do, you know, you watch the documentary. I mean, this guy will do anything, anything to win. And if you're not with him, he'll fucking make an ass out of you. He will tear you to shreds. Like, he holds nothing back and will literally die on the court trying to win. And I think those are just two completely different things. Are you the greatest competitor and winner in basketball history, or are you just purely the most talented basketball player of all time? They're two distinctly different things. LeBron, for whatever reason, you know, is not that guy. And I'm not saying that he hasn't enjoyed success in terms of championships and stuff like that. But when you watch something like that and you realize that Jordan took a year off to play either A, baseball because he wanted to, or B, took a year off because he had a serious gambling problem and got a secret suspension. He took that year off. Then the next year was kind of a wash because he wasn't in basketball shape. And then after they did the second three-peat, Jerry Krause, the GM, just decided not to bring the team back. There is a very legitimate, legitimate, probable chance that they could have won eight, eight championships in 10 years. Not, you know, they lost 91-92 to the Pistons, but they could have won straight from there to when Jordan actually should have retired for the, sec- for the second time. Like, there is a very realistic, probable chance that that would have happened if his life wasn't, you know, kind of, you know, if his lifestyle just wasn't that way and thing, and certain things didn't happen to him. You know, LeBron has managed to be squeaky, squeaky clean all these years, didn't have any suspensions, didn't have any, you know, no troubles off the court, none of this, none of that, very squeaky clean. He's not an asshole to anybody, doesn't get in any fights, doesn't punch anybody in the face. And, you know, he's enjoyed a a very high level of of success, but, you know, I don't don't care what anybody says, you know, four championships is amazing, and I love LeBron, and I think he's the the greatest basketball player to ever live. I just don't think he's the best competitor, fierce competitor to ever live. And that's the difference, because he... You know, it's two, one three-peat is insane enough, but two is ridiculous. And then the on top of that, the fact that, you know, he experienced bump, severe bumps in the road that pro- prohibited further success. You know, and I think on that level, you know, you have Jordan in one bucket where he's the greatest competitor, greatest winner in basketball history. And you have LeBron, who's the greatest basketball player. Two distinctly different buckets. And I don't think you could argue that I would be wrong about Jordan's bucket or LeBron's bucket. They're two distinct buckets. And I've always kind of thought that. But I always thought that more in the sense that, like, Jordan's game was different than LeBron's game in the sense that like in the nineties basketball was different than it is today. Right. Totally different. Totally different. Centers won MVPs. Uh, 
Nobody really took three-point shots, et cetera, et cetera. And we all know what today's NBA looks like. It's two totally different games. So I always kind of thought at a, at a, you know, I always thought they were different at that level. But, you know, after having watched this, I still think that, that obviously the games are, are very different from era to era. But now I, I see it much more clearly as, as them just being, you know, the greatest in at two separate things. And you really can't, de- I mean, you could decide on your own opinion which you think is more important. And I guess that would give you your all-time goat. But to me, I, I think it's that it's, you know, they're the goat at, at two different things. And if you asked me to pick one, that's that's what I would say. Is that both of them are are, are the greatest of all time, and you know, like I said, you could determine if you think success is more important than pure skill, then that's on you. So, I would highly recommend anybody to watch that and and come back to me or leave a comment. I don't know if you can leave a comment on podcasts on Apple Podcasts, but. Something. Shoot me an email, anything, and tell me whether or not you agree with that. Because I'd be interested. And, um, you know, for those of you who have already seen it, let me know, too. I'd love to hear it. You know, I, I, uh, again, I don't like to stand on a pedestal and say that I'm right about this, right about that. I just want, like, again, I just want to give you my take. And that's, that's how I feel, you know, Brady, Brady is, is one guy like, you know, you could say Tiger was probably the most dominant athlete of anything in a, in a period of time. But again, he too, he still hasn't, he still hasn't broken Nicholas's record. You know, you, you could have said Federer, but like Nadal's got just as many as him now. Serena Williams is probably the most dominant athlete in any sport, but. You know the the goat is is I think somebody who has to be head and shoulders above the rest if you're going to actually pro- proclaim one. And I don't think basketball we don't have anybody who's head and shoulders above the rest. Brady, I mean, yeah, everybody's going to say like, oh, yeah, Bill check this, this, and that. Like, I don't care. Like, coaching is coaching. Like, we going to say that. Tim Duncan is one of the greatest power forwards of all time because he played for Greg Popovich. No, you can't. You can't help who your coach is. You know, Brady. It's not just because of, of Belichick that he won Super Bowls. I mean, he's a good fucking quarterback. Look at the numbers. What else do you need? The guy's what? He's he's forty three, and like. Okay, maybe the Bucks are, are only three and two, but you got to be crazy if you don't think this guy's playing at a very high level at forty three. At forty three, he's playing at a high level at forty three. That's insane. That's insane. The guy is throwing five touchdown passes against an NFL team. Is forty three. <laughs> that's fucking crazy and watch out this weekend that's the game of the week right is it yeah 
425 on Fox. Game of the week. Packers, Bucks. That's one that I like. Bucks. Line shifting towards the Bucks big time. Brady's going to win that game. 100%. I have, I have, I would take the Bucks in a teaser this week. If you could get them at, Depends where your book is. I see on ESPN it's my it's Green Bay minus one right now. I saw a plus two earlier today. If you get the box at plus eight, I mean, might be the bet of the year. Who are you gonna lump them in with though? Let's see. Dallas Bucks Dallas. If you get a Bucks Dallas two team home teaser. I mean, look, what happened to Prescott was dreadful. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And I, as a completely avid, passionate cowboy hater, felt bad for that guy. That sucks. You hate to see that. You know, like, there's a line. And I had this conversation the other day. There's a line where it's like, okay, I won't mind if this guy gets hurt in this way. Like, if you pull a hammy, you're going to be good in a couple weeks. Good. Get out of the game. When Tony Romo broke his collarbone, and it was like, uh, it was around one of the years of the Giants won the Super Bowl. I want to say maybe 2010. It might have actually been even the year that they won the Super Bowl in 2011. I remember, it was Michael Boley playing linebacker for the Giants. And he came in on a blitz on blocks. Just, he did one of those before. It was a penalty where you put your whole body weight. Honestly, might have been one of the plays that actually inspired the NFL to, to do that rule, where he just dumped his whole body weight onto Romo, just plowed, like pile drive them into the ground, shattered his collarbone. That was awesome. So, okay, you put him in a sling for a little bit, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. People break their collarbones in the NFL every year. But that Prescott thing, that's where you draw the line, man. A catastrophic, I mean, that's a catastrophic injury. You don't want to see guys tear their ACLs. You don't want to see guys break bones. I, I break, you know, breaking your collarbone or like your forearm, your wrist, something like that, where it's like not going to completely ruin your life, I think is where the line is. Something that's going to completely ruin your life for any period of time, I think is, is that's where the line is. And that's, and Dak was well over that line. I mean, he, he, I mean, you know, I I think he'll come back and probably be the same player. Um, I would hope, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he he made plays with his feet, but like, you know, he he was by and large a pocket quarterback. And I think, you know, we've seen that with plenty of pocket quarterbacks where, you know, with the thing with uh, Bernard Pollard and, and Brady, and, um, you know, we, I, well, I guess, you know, the Lawrence Taylor and Joe Theismann thing, I mean, you know, that ruined his career, but I, this one seems to be, you know, they're hopeful that his career is, is not in jeopardy whatsoever. It's not like an Alex Smith thing. Like Alex Smith was more on the lines of Joe Theismann. This doesn't seem to be quite there. So it seems like he'll be fine, but you got to feel bad for that guy. As much as I hate the Cowboys, he seems like a good, good guy, good fella. And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't necessarily have a root for him, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, you definitely don't want to see that. But with that said, 
in terms of the Cowboys moving forward, I think you got to love them in this spot against the Cardinals getting a point and a half because I think that the, you know, it is so inflated. It is so inflated, I think, in the public perspective, how good Prescott is and how much he means to this team. Sure, he's the unquestioned leader. Uh, you know, he was on pace to break some passing records. He's had some great years in the past. But, you know, he's had great years, like, uh, like just season-long statistically. But if you look into the numbers, and I've sadly done this plenty of times, he never has good games against good teams. Like, just never does. He underperforms on the road. He lights up bad teams. Lights them up. And that inflates his stats. I don't think, and I don't think Vegas necessarily thinks that Dallas is that much worse with Andy Dalton. I just don't. And I think that the public perception thinks that Dallas is is fucked without Prescott and that Andy Dalton is is garbage and hasn't started a game. Like, they forget that, like, Andy Dalton, the year that the Bengals, he was, like, like, 11 and 2 one year with the Bengals. Let me pull it up. I'm going to pull it up because I have my laptop because that's the name of the fucking podcast. Um, there was one year in there. It was the year that he ended up getting hurt and AJ McCarron took over in the playoffs. Um, yeah, here it is 2015. Andy Dalton was 10 and 3 as the quarterback of the Bengals. The Bengals, not the Cowboys. Not an organization that's won Super Bowls and has been there and been a playoff team in recent years. The Bengals. He went 10 and 3 with the Bengals with Marvin Lewis. Completed 66% of his passes through for over 3000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 7 INTs. He was playing like an MVP player that year. MVP caliber player. I will tell you who won the MVP that year. Um, Cam Newton. Okay, maybe it wasn't as good as Cam Newton, but Cam Newton was pretty good that year. But he was close. He was close. He probably would have finished. I'll look at some of the, the, vote, the votes here. Um... He probably, I mean, he would have had, Carson Palmer was great. That was the year that he was great. Um, Breeze wasn't really in it. Uh, Rodgers was kind of there. Ben was kind of there. I mean, Andy Dalton would have been top five MVP voting in 2015. I mean, that like he's had plenty of good years and it's not just that year either. He's got plenty of years with 30 touchdown passes, 4,000 yards, 25 touchdown passes, 25 touchdown passes, 33 touchdown passes, 27 touchdown passes, 4,000 yards, 3,800 yards, 4,200 yards. I mean, this is a solid quarterback. And last year he was not very good, but I think last year, as evident by the Bengals getting the number one pick, the team was not good at all. 
Two years ago, Andy Dalton completed 62% of his passes with a 21 to 11 TD to INT. Not bad. Three years ago, 25 touchdowns, 12 picks. So I think the public is overselling how good Dak is and how bad Andy Dalton is. So I, of all people, love, love Dallas in this spot. And I would say if I had any money whatsoever, which I do not, my money would probably be on a Buccaneers and and, Bear, and and Cowboys teaser. Probably. And, yeah, I would just take as many points. The fact that you're getting both of those teams as slight dogs, add six points on top of it. You know, I think that the Bucks will probably be a pretty, pretty public pick on uh on the teaser side you know i don't know how many public public bets are going to go in on a, on a plus one line but you know i think a, a lot of people are going to see oh you know i could get the bucks at a touchdown so you know i understand um you know I, I especially am not am not one to to lean with the public by any means but i don't know I think that Brady is one guy that kind of defies the the uh, the logic there. Brady coming off a, a ugly loss, kind of embarrassing himself against Chicago with the fourth down thing too. I'm not betting against that guy. The Packers have honestly been obviously been very impressive. Aaron Rodgers is probably your MVP right now, but them going on the road against Tom Brady, I don't know. I don't know. That that's a very interesting one, and I think if if you can get anybody for the for um if you can get anybody with it with a, with a, a full touchdown in, in your odds, that's going to be a back and forth game, and that's going to be that's going to make it really fun to watch. So I like that. You can get Dallas, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay plus seven, Dallas plus seven and a half. I'd like to see maybe a buy a point if you could get eight, eight and a half. If you buy a point on the teaser, make it like minus one thirty or something. That would probably be my bet of the week. Again, if I had any fucking money, which I do not. So, uh, the other games, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City, I don't get a good read on that. I think maybe the Niners, Niners plus three. You know, everybody probably going to be laying good money on the Rams minus three after the Niners just got blown out by the Dolphins. But, I don't know. Uh, That's a tough one. I would say that's probably one of the better bets of the week would be Niners plus three, but Jimmy G does not look healthy. So I would like maybe a clearer picture of what's going on with him. Probably research that a little bit more about, you know, his health or whether or not he's even going to start after they benched him. Um, but I wouldn't feel comfortable, you know, if he's out there and feeling good, if he gets a, a good bill of health this week and is feeling good and he's the starter, I love the Niners plus three there. But, you know, if it's CJ beat hard or fucking Nick Mullins, I don't know. And it'll be interesting to see where that line shifts over the course of the next couple of days too. Um, Jets plus nine and a half. I don't hate. They got to cover eventually. That's just the bottom line. They have to. They're going to cover. Every time they don't cover, they get more likely to cover. 